Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for this house. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, it's an awesome place because you are here, as we sang, moving in our midst. And so, Lord, we do worship you. We worship you. We ask that you would cause your word to find its mark and let it fall on good soil this day and let it produce fruit a hundredfold for the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, this is our three o'clock service, which is our Christian practical living service teaching that we provide to make it easy for you and I to be able to study the word of God, to be able to take notes and to be able to go back and review those notes. And, uh, and today, my title is Help, I'm Overwhelmed. Help, I'm Overwhelmed. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? You know, I had a couple of different titles I was, I was tr- kind of going through. I had Help, I'm Overwhelmed. I had Help, Help. <laughs> I had another one. Oh, I'm Overwhelmed. Now what? <laughs> I was trying to figure out which one to go with. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Have you ever felt like you're drowning? Sometimes we get overwhelmed. We all have moments when we just can't take it anymore, right? I'm talking about moments when you just want to run as far as you possibly can. You just want to run away. Folks, I'm not talking about getting away, okay? We all need time to get away. We all need time to rest. For example, like a vacation or a holiday. My wife and I head off on vacation this coming week, and we're excited about that. We're looking forward to be able to get some R&R time. I, I just look forward to just sitting by the water in the Caribbean and, and doing nothing. Just, just nothing. Just, just nothing. Maybe sipping a virgin peanut. And then and maybe, maybe just going back to sleep and then waking up and <laughs> having some fresh fruit and then going back to sleep and sitting in the sun. I just look forward to that. But that's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about times when you just want out. You just want out. You want to run. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you just want to curl up into a ball and not get out of bed. Or you just can't get out of where you are. You find yourself stuck. When I read some of the prayer requests on Tuesdays that come in during the week, I find many that seem to be overwhelmed with all types of difficulty, overwhelmed with debt, overwhelmed with depression. Overwhelmed with discouragement, grief, fear, fear about the future, fear about their health, fear, uh, fear about what is about to transpire, loneliness, temptation, trouble, addiction, etc., etc. The Bible gives us examples of times when people were overwhelmed with difficulty. I think of a time when. The psalmist was overwhelmed with trouble where he writes in Psalm 55, verse two, you don't need to turn there. He says, please listen and answer me. I am overwhelmed by my troubles. I think of another time when the psalmist wrote, when he was over, being overwhelmed by fear, he says in Psalm 55, 
He says, fear and trembling overwhelm me and I can't stop shaking. Another time where he writes and he says, we are overwhelmed by our sins. Psalm 65. Another time, Jeremiah the prophet wrote of a people and spoke of a, of a place where the people were being overwhelmed with shame and disgrace because of what was transpiring in their midst. In those times, those moments, you don't need a drink. You don't need a smoke. You don't need illicit drugs. What do you do? What do you do in those moments? How do you cope? How do you handle it? The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 10, he says this, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. So you see him speaking of trouble here. He says, we were crushed and what? Overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. He is the God who raises dead dreams, dead hopes, dead marriages, dead relationships, dead sons, dead daughters, dead husbands, dead aunts, dead uncles. Are you with me? He is the God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. He says, and he rescued us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul understood what it meant to be overwhelmed and what God was trying to produce as a result. What do we do? What do you and I do? Well, I want to suggest to you point number one, that you and I ought to turn to God and to his word. We're to turn to God and his word if you're taking notes today. We're to pray, we're to seek his face. You know, our most powerful resource is our communion with God through prayer. Let me say it again. Our most powerful resource is our communion with God through prayer. He does above and beyond what we could ask or think. Some people see prayer as the last result when all else has failed. But this approach is backward. Prayer should be our first, our first approach, our first option. It should be our go-to. Are you with me? Prayer should always come first. I like what one commentator said. He said this, because God's power is infinitely greater than ours, it only makes sense to rely on it, especially because God encourages us to do so. First sub point, prayer is a declaration that you are trusting in the Lord to keep you safe. It's a declaration that you are trusting in the Lord to keep you safe. 
Prayer says to your own heart. Prayer says to those around you. Prayer says to the world. Prayer says to the devil. Prayer says to God, I am trusting in you, Lord, to keep me safe. My hope is in you. My confidence is in you. My reliance is upon you. I can't go a day without you, God. So I am going to lift my voice to you every day, every hour, and I'm going to declare that I am trusting in you, that I need you, Jesus. The psalmist in Psalm 61, verse 1 through 3 said this. He said, from the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. The King James says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you are my safe refuge, my fortress where my enemies can't reach me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think of a a story I read this past week, earlier this week, of a rock singer from the 70s who wrote, he says, I have been sober for 26 years. He said, I've been completely candid about how difficult it was to finally get clean. As he was talking with an interviewer, he's, they said he's a father of four ruled by his love for heroin. He entered rehab 37 times. And at one point, even lived in a cardboard box on LA's famous, infamous Skid Row. It's terrible, I have to say. I loved getting high, he said. I mean, I loved it. It became my life for a time. I did not want to stop. When I even thought about stopping just for a while, I couldn't. Overwhelmed by his addiction, he credited CRI Help, a drug rehab center in LA, as well as a friend, a fellow musician, for offering a completely different approach to facing his crippling addiction. He came to visit, he told me. Man, you have to pray if you, uh, you have to pray and you have to ask for the acceptance of God's will in your life. In other words, you have to tell God, I need your will for my life. I want your will for my life. Nothing else will do. In other words, I surrender. I put up the white flag and I surrender God. I'm tired of doing this on my own. He goes on to say, I fell asleep in the middle of a horrible, uh, horrific withdrawal. But there is no sleep, really, because your body is just aching. It's electric. He goes on to say, but when I woke up, when I woke up, the obsession was gone. (laughs) Hallelujah. He says, I knew God had helped me. He says, I believe God came and did for me what I couldn't do for myself and relieved me from the bondage of addiction. I knew God had helped me. From that time on, my faith just grew stronger and stronger and it changed my life. Hallelujah. 
Come on, somebody. You know, through prayer, we are asking God to bring peace into our situation, to bring peace into our storm. I think of the disciples. In Mark chapter 4, you don't need to turn there. It tells the story how it was evening. It was a dark time. And it says, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They took Jesus into the boat. One translation says, even as he was, even as he was, I could preach on that. Even as he was, they didn't add anything to him. They didn't try and take anything away. Even as he was, and they started out leaving the crowds behind us. And folks, it's, it's like you and I, when we come to Christ, right? We invite him into our boat and we leave everything else behind us, right? And it says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves began breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Suddenly a storm arises in your life and mine as it did in the lives of the disciples here. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, totally at rest. <laughs> the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care what, that we're going to drown? That's a type of prayer. <laughs> a cry that arises from the heart of those of us that are walking with the Lord. Sometimes an accusing type of prayer. Lord, where are you? What are you doing? Why is this happening? Where are you? Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? That we're being overwhelmed. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, he, he was in control the whole time. Like he's in control of your life and mine the whole time. Working, doing something in us so that he might do something through us. He rebuked the wind and the waves and said, peace, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely amazed, even terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. That even the winds and the waves obey him. Hallelujah. Who is this man? They ask. That even the winds and the waves obey him. Praise God. Jesus spoke peace into their situation. As he will do in yours and mine. When we invite him in to take complete control. Praise God. Prayer gives God the opportunity to strengthen us. I think of Isaiah 40, 31 that says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. The psalmist put it this way, if it hadn't been for the Lord who was on our side, we'd have been swallowed up. Prayer gives God the opportunity to reveal himself to us in a fresh new way. Prayer in the midst of a storm gives God the opportunity to give us a revelation of himself. I think of Hannah 
In 1 Samuel chapter 1, you don't need to turn there, who was barren with no children, feeling the weight of disgrace. It was a shameful thing at that time to be barren, not to be able to have children. But then she goes into the house of the Lord. She's feeling pressure. She's feeling disgust. She's feeling shame, the weight of shame. She's feeling her rival daily tormenting her. She goes into the house of the Lord with her barrenness, her fruitlessness, and she brings it before the Lord and she lays it at his feet and she begins to cry out to him. And the Lord comes and reveals himself in her life as the one who causes barren and fruitless places to bloom. Barren and fruitless places to bloom. Folks, the song says, if I never had a problem, I would never know that God could solve them. There are times when we just need to sit at his feet and receive that which won't be taken away from us. Leads me to my second point, second sub point under the first point. As we commune with God, he will begin to revive us through his word. He'll begin to revive us through his word. Psalms 119 verse 49 and 50 says this. Remember your promise. Remember your word to me. It is my only hope. Your promise, your word revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. It revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. You know, God has determined that his word made alive and powerful to our hearts through the working of the Holy Spirit will revive us, it will comfort us, it will give us hope as we walk with him. As the Holy Spirit quickens the word. Folks, I'm not talking about just going to your devotional time in the morning and just checking in, checking out. That's not what I'm talking about. Punching in and punching out in your devotions. I'm talking about going before God and not settling for just devos as usual, but getting a word, getting a word from God and not settling. Man shall not live by bread alone. You know, the casual seeker doesn't get anything. I'm talking about a holy desperation a holy desperation where you get desperate before God and say, Lord, it's not enough for me to just check in and check out. Just put my time, just go through religious activity. No, I need a word, God. You've got to speak to me. You've got to speak to me and then suddenly the Holy Ghost comes and invades your devos, your devotional time. <laughs> the word of the Lord comes to Sarah. The word of the Lord comes to Juan. The word of the Lord comes to Jose. The word of the Lord comes to Maribel. Who are these folks? Folks in our congregation. Not famous folks. Folks like you and I that say, God, speak to me. For your sheep know your voice. Are you with me? 
A word from the Lord has the ability to quicken and restore us spiritually, physically, emotionally, and in every other way if we continue in it and live by it. He's our glory and the lifter of our heads. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The word of God exposes the thoughts and motives of our hearts. Hallelujah. God's word teaches us what is true and wrong in our lives. He sends his word and he heals us. Praise God. Point number two. Speak to someone about it. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Well, you turn to God and his word, number one. Number two, you speak to someone about it. Don't isolate yourself. You know the lions? Uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to go to Africa and to stay in a game reserve. And uh, which means you're staying in a place where the animals run free. So we were staying in a, a little hut that was up on stilts in the middle of this little compound that had a trench around it and a, a wire fence, uh, an electric wire fence. But every day we would go out on these safaris with the guides. And as we were going out on the safari driving through the bush, you could see the impalas, you could see the herds of, of different uh, 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 beasts. We saw elephants. We saw a mating pair of lions while we were there. We saw carcasses. And what they tell you and what you get to know is and understand is that the lions hunt those that are on the outskirts. They hunt the young. They hunt the weak. They hunt the, the older ones that can't move as fast, but especially the ones that are on the outskirts. They pick them off. That's why it's important for you to stay in the herd. Not to isolate yourself. That's why he put us in the body. Talk to someone if you feel overwhelmed. Number one, turn to God and his word. Number two, this is going to get real practical, folks. Talk to someone. Talk to someone who will build you up, encourage you, and refresh you. Not just anyone. Hear me on this. Someone who will give you wise counsel. Someone who will build you up in your faith in God. You don't need miserable, terrible comforters like Job's friends. You want to talk to people who have gone through things and come out on the other side without the smell of smoke. I'm not talking about bitter people who've lost their song and joy. Hallelujah. They are able to comfort others with the comfort they've received. For the young people within the sound of my voice, don't just consult your peers and do the Rehoboam thing. And if you don't know who Rehoboam is, Go to the Bible and do a search. Go online, Google Rehoboam and read about what he did. Make sure you get godly counsel from an older person, an experienced mentor, if you will, who is full of the spirit and wisdom. 
You ask the Lord and he'll show you who to go to. Amen. Sub point, under point number two. God can encourage us through others. God can encourage us through others. Second Corinthians 7, verse 6 through 7 says this. But God, who encourages those that are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. His presence was a joy, but so was the news that he brought us. And I was filled with joy. So here's the Apostle Paul who goes from a place of discouragement to a place of joy. Simply because Titus came on the scene. Hallelujah. I love that. Two are better than one. Another sub point. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine and 10 says, two are better than one. Hallelujah. Two are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Is in real trouble. I think of last year when my, when, uh, my mom passed and we were having the viewing. Uh, my family was there. I was there. And, uh, and I could sense the, 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 the grief, the weight of grief in the room. And, and even folks, even in my own heart, uh, I was just feeling it. And suddenly, church folks started showing up. <laughs> And the moment, I'm telling you, the moment three, three of our young people showed up, uh, three of our young people, young adults showed up, Ivory, Michael, and Adana showed up, and, 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 and some of the other congregants of the church just showed up, and suddenly, I am not kidding you, my spirit was just revived, revived. Folks, this stuff works. <laughs> Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Another sub point. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins, your faults, your slips, your offenses, all of the above, your struggles, your battles, confess to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person. In other words, a person who's been made right with God by simply trusting in him for their salvation. It's not somebody who's perfect, but somebody who's trusting in Jesus for their salvation has great power and produces wonderful results. Great power. Somebody say great. Great power and produces wonderful results. You don't want to just talk about what you're going through. Listen, you don't want to just talk to somebody about what you're going through. You need folks that are going to go to bat for you. You need people that are going to take you by the hand and take you to the throne. Come on, somebody. People that are going to pray you through. People that are going to touch heaven for you. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Hallelujah. You need someone who's going to pray with you and remind you of what God says. Talk to somebody. I I remember reading that silence, listen to this, what what, uh, professionals found, discovered, clinicians discovered, silence is the enemy of freedom. This is what many of them say. When we admit something, the brain begins to go into problem-solving mode. The moment you and I admit something, this is what professional clinicians have found, the moment we admit something, the moment we confess something, the moment we begin to face what has actually happened and begin to admit what has happened, the brain kicks in and goes into problem-solving mode. When we don't deal with things, for example, trauma. The problem doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. My wife and I are head of the counseling ministry here at the church. And we talk to people all the time. And we've been counseling for years with young people and young adults and troubled teens and families. And, and you realize that when people go through things, we can suppress these things, but they don't go away. The body has to process what has happened. It's like when you're under stress, right? When you're under stress, sometimes it can begin to affect you where? Back of your neck, your back. It, starts, it can begin to spread down your back, right? Tension, hypertension, blood pressure begins to go up, right? Your body has to process things. It can, we can suppress stuff for years, but it can still affect us. It can still be affecting us physically, emotionally, relationally. Sometimes we can be affected by things that, you, you ever heard the saying, hurt people hurt people? Real practical, folks. Talk to somebody about what you're going through. Take the time. Talk to someone. The Lord has placed you and I in the body among brothers and sisters of like precious faith so that we can encourage one another. Amen? Last point. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. What do I mean? Well, number one, we said, turn to God and his word. Number two, we said, talk to someone. Well, number three, we're saying, take care of yourself. You've got to take care of yourself as well. First sub point, we must encourage ourselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. Talk to yourself. People do it all the time. especially here in New York. (laughs) And especially with all the the Bluetooth devices that we have now with our phones. People don't know if you're talking to somebody, you're talking to yourself. It doesn't matter, folks. (laughs) 
You could be working things out <laughs> just in your own mind and spirit, talking to the Lord, talking to yourself, and people aren't going to look at you cross-eyed. They're, gonna, they're not going to think anything twice. <laughs> Talk to yourself. People do it all the time. The psalmist said, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Hope in God. Psalm 42. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are. Hallelujah. Don't speculate. Don't speculate. What do I mean? It's another sub point. I'm talking about sitting around and wondering what if this happens? Or what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or what if this happens because that might happen? <laughs> what if, what if, what if? The Bible says, dear brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Exercise self-care. Exercise self-care. Another sub-point. Under take care of yourself. Get plenty of rest. Do you know when you're tired? When you're tired, really tired, you don't, you, you're susceptible. I'm susceptible. You know what I'm talking about. A, ma a, 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 little, a little molehill can be a become suddenly a mountain. Get plenty of rest. Do something you enjoy. For example, Go for a walk or a run. Watch a clean movie. Read a book. Eat some ice cream <laughs> or gelato. Whatever tickles your fancy. <laughs> Go to the museum. Do some cooking. Get out the vacuum. Do some cleaning if, that, that, if that's what you like to do. Just do something that you enjoy. Hallelujah. And make sure you see a doctor regularly. What do I mean? Why do I say that? Well, you want to rule out anything physical, any physical or even mental ailments. You know, sometimes there's a stigma associated with those things, but there shouldn't be. You know, there could be something sim as simple as a, a vitamin deficiency that is working against you. Or working against me. I'll give you an example. You know, they, they, I was reading that vitamin D deficiency now has been linked to breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, heart disease, depression, weight gain, and other maladies. And they say the only proven benefit is its role in helping calcium build strong bones, but that's far from the whole story. Vitamin D helps regulate the immune system and neuromuscular system. Vitamin D also plays a major role in the life cycle of human cells. Vitamin D is also important for, so important that your body makes it itself. But only after the skin is exposed to sufficient sunlight. This is a problem for people in northern climates. In the U.S., only people who live south of a line drawn from L.A., to South Carolina 
People who live south of that line, from L.A. to South Carolina, get enough sunlight. Everybody above that doesn't. <laughs> Somebody said, we're moving. <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> get enough, we don't get enough sunlight to produce the vitamin D throughout the year. And so that means we have to take supplements. And listen, my barber, my dad, my wife, and myself all went to the doctor at different times and realized we had a vitamin D deficiency. And as a result, we were sluggish, having a hard time getting up in the morning, processing things, hard time thinking even. And the moment the doctor said, take this, I wrote out a prescription, went and took it. Suddenly that when that thing kicked in, vitamin D3, I'm telling you. It wasn't as good as the Holy Ghost, but it, it, was, it, was, it was good. <laughs> and suddenly, folks, I found myself with a pep in my step. And my dad, too. And my wife, as well. And my barber, too. <laughs> Exercising self-care. Folks, I, I have more here, but I'm, I'm going to end here. But I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, the Lord has promised to see you through. If you will simply trust him, if you will trust him, if you'll rely on him, if you'll look to him and live, just look to him and live. Amen? Let's stand together. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by what you're going through, right where you are, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but right where you are, I just want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand. Hold it up real high. Hold it up real high. Now I want men with men and women with women to look around you. If you don't have your hand up, look around you. Look around you at the hands that are up. Okay? And I want you to put a hand on each other's shoulder. Men with men, women with women. And we're going to take a moment and we're going to go to bat for one another. We're going to pray for one another. Cross the aisles, it's okay. Cross the aisles. Men with men, women with women. Keep your hands up, those that have their hands up. And please, folks, don't. it's not time to close your eyes. Look around you at your brothers and sisters that are in need today. Look around you, and even if you have to cross the aisle, lean over a seat, it might be someone behind you. Look behind you even. And we're going to pray for one another. I want you to take a moment. We're going to lift our voices. We're going to take a minute and lift our voices, and we're going to pray for one another. Amen? Every voice counts. Every voice counts tonight, uh, this afternoon. Lift your voice right now, and let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. You know how to pray. You know how to pray. Pray for one another. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you. We lift up those in our midst that have been feeling overwhelmed, Lord, by their current situation. It might be something that's been going on for some time now. You know what it is, God. You know what has transpired. You know what has been happening. You've seen it all, God. And they are in your hands. I pray for those online who might be alone, Lord God, today. But they're not alone. You're with them, Lord, and we're with them. And we pray for them today, God, that you would minister to them, that you would touch them, that you would quicken them, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would give them the grace and the strength even to get up from where they are and to get back to your house, get back to the fellowship, get back to your presence. Lord, to get back to that place where they need to be, Lord. Some may even need to get up and go to the doctor, go see a physician, go see a counselor, a therapist, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, speak to their hearts. Show them, Lord, what needs to happen going forward. God, we're believing you for a breakthrough today, a breakthrough for our brothers and sisters, a breakthrough. Lord, I don't care if the walls are as thick as Jericho's walls, God. We're believing that they're going to come down today, oh God, that these walls will come down, Lord. Lord, that our brothers and sisters will be quickened with might in the inner man, oh God, by the power of your spirit, Lord, that they will be quickened and made alive in you, that hope and courage and strength, Lord, will come back that visions will be renewed, oh God, concerning the future, that hope will be instilled, oh God, that despair will be put to flight, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, for freedom reigns in this place. Freedom reigns in this place. We thank you for the anointing that still levels every mountain and destroys every yoke. God, we stand against the yokes. Lord Jesus of addiction, the yoke of depression, the yoke of despair. God, we stand against the yoke of anger. Lord, the yoke of rage, we stand against it today. Hallelujah. We stand against the lies, the strongholds of the enemy. In Jesus' name. We thank you that every assignment of the devil is canceled as we place our faith and our hope in you, O oh God. For you are our refuge, our strength, our present help in time of trouble. So we will not fear, O oh God. We will trust in you, O oh God. We will look to you. We will walk with you. We will worship you, O oh God. For you are good. You are good. You are good. Hallelujah. You are good. You are good. You are good. And you are our Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, we praise you. 
for our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Come on, give him a shout of praise. <laughs>